Hey everyone, welcome to the For the Win podcast. I'm your host, Hemel Javeri. With me today is Michelle Martinelli, NASCAR writer and college basketball enthusiast. Michelle, <laughs> welcome to the show. Thanks, Hummel. Super excited to be here. (laughs) So it's uh, late March. So March Madness is kind of the one thing that's blowing up everybody's schedules and free times. Um, And sleep time. And sleep time. And I want to get to you and get your thoughts on kind of the current state of your bracket, kind of some of the surprises that we have seen this tournament, which has just been a bananas tournament. Uh, Some of our favorite storylines. but before we do that, I have a request for you. Yeah, you want you have, want to get something off your chest. I do. I, <laughs> I want to take this opportunity on the podcast to air some personal grievances that I have uh, about something that we've also run on the For the Win site. As part of our March Madness content, we have pushed out lots of uh, different kinds of brackets. Like we did... Uh, we did a craft brew, micro brew bracket that people are really passionate about. And I also did a Marvel bracket, and the results have completely surprised me. Michelle, you sit next to me at work. You know I've been fuming about this for the past week and a half. Right. I think we've all kind of agreed that you've maybe never been so excited about something in your entire life. Or we've never seen you this excited about something. And you are... You guys are... Into the Elite Eight, right? We're, for your matchup? Yes, we are. And you don't like what what happened in the last round? What what happened? Well, there's definitely, there, there's a lot of things that have taken me by surprise. And this is going to be way more nerdy than Michelle cares about, but I, I'm just going to go with it. Uh, <laughs> so Evan Thorpe, our video producer, and I kind of sat down and picked 32 MCU characters, which if you're familiar with Marvel, it includes everybody in the recent spate of Marvel movies, starting with Iron Man and coming up to the latest Black Panther movie. So we picked 32 characters. We kind of ranked them, seeded them, and put them into brackets depending on their relationship to each other. And the results have been super surprising. Um, In the first round, I was really surprised by how popular some of the minor characters in Guardians of the Galaxy are compared to Hulk and Bruce Banner, which is one of my favorite characters. So that was a huge upset. Um, Which one of the Guardians of the Galaxy characters is making a certain unexpected surge in the voting? Oh my god. One, that's a fantastic question. (laughs) (laughs) Two, it's... It's Rocket. He's a raccoon. He's voiced by Bradley Cooper, and he's very popular, but he's very kind of tangential to the plot, and I think we ranked him at, like, I think we seated him at number six, and he is taking on uh, number one Star-Lord, so he's done really well, and that's been super surprising. Okay, I really like that character. I liked those movies. I I, I definitely don't have the Marvel knowledge that you have, but he was a good character in those movies. I I, I, I get that. I I think that he was actually a really good character, and the fact that he's really funny and has kind of this weird pathos for a talking raccoon is really marvelous, right? Like, I think that you have a talking raccoon in your movie and people have made this like a likable, believable character. So that's a huge, that's a huge win for Marvel. So, but the real thing that has made me nuts is that our bracket for sweet 16, a pitted Dr. Strange against black Panther. Dr. Strange is a number four or number three. I can't remember. And black Panther is easy. Number one seed. 
and Doctor Strange won by a landslide. Michelle, have you seen either of those movies? No, I haven't. I have every intention. I haven't seen a movie in theaters in a really long time, but I have every intention of seeing Black Panther as soon as possible. Um, but that I'm, was shocking, right? That, that seems ridiculous when Black Panther's all anyone can talk about and breaking all kinds of box office records and all that jazz, right? Yes, it's nuts. I have no explanation for it aside from the fact that People really love Benedict Cumberbatch, and they came into and they came into the polls. Um, but I don't know. I I have just I'm completely flummoxed by how Black Panther didn't run away with that poll. So those are those are my Marvel errings version? and grievances. Is this your Marvel version of a UMBC upset <laughs> over number one UVA? Yes, but not even nearly as lovable. <laughs> <laughs> You, you, you don't think Doctor Strange is as lovable as Golden Retrievers? I don't think Doctor Strange is. And the thing is, is that I am a huge Benedict Cumberbatch fan. And by the way, those those fans have been kind of lighting up my Twitter mentions because they think I'm being unfair to him, which is a whole other thing that we don't need to get into. <laughs> Um, well, so now that Black Panther's out, who do you think is the best chance for winning this bracket of yours? Uh, I think it's going to be Loki. I think that the Loki fans have swarmed the bracket. I put this in the post, but people voted on that Loki poll. It was Loki versus Thor. And there's almost 4,000 people that voted, which is double the amount that we get for of the usual polls. So I get the feeling that the Tom Hiddleston fan base has really has really decided to make him a winner. And he's a great character, so my money's on him to, to come out on top. Cool. You just said a whole bunch of words I've never heard before, <laughs> but that sounds awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, I appreciate you letting, uh, you know, indulging me in this. And before we move on to the actual sports part of the podcast and talk about real March Madness stuff, here's a word from our sponsors at Mattress Firm. So back to Mattress Firm. Let's keep the ball rolling, shall we? Everyone knows how important stretching is before an event. So does Mattress Firm, except it's your dollar. Your budget stretches further when you're shopping at America's neighborhood mattress store. It's a true home run, and you'll have a ball. They're the head coaches when it comes to mattress expertise. But know this, they're more than just mattress experts. They have a game plan that helps you transform your mattress into a bed, from adjustable bases and sheets to headboards and bedroom decor. They have you literally and figuratively covered up like your favorite cornerback. Go to mattressfirm.com slash for the win to see what deals are happening. They even offer you a 120 night sleep trial to ensure a perf- to ensure perfection and a 120 night low price guarantee. So you know you paid the perfect price. Talk about a one-two punch, a knockout, if you will. Score big with a perfect bed. Head to mattressfirm.com slash for the win to get the play-by-play on how you can monumentally improve your sleep today, tonight, and tomorrow. All right, we're back. Michelle, tell me what has surprised you most during this tournament. I mean, so that's really a loaded question. Um, I I think if you're going to nail it down to one, it's not new news by any means, but a number 16 seed upsetting a number one seed. I, I, I think we kind of just figured that was, or at least in my mind, I've been watching college basketball my whole life. And we kind of assumed that that was the impossible, you know, there's not, not along the lines of, 
oh, the Chicago Cubs are never going to win the World Series. It just it's because you always had presumably teams of different skill levels competing against each other. So you never really thought that would happen. Um, but aside from that, I think really just the fantastic number of upsets that we've seen, it seems like there's more than usual. And really it's kind of interesting because the entire South region of the bracket, which you're looking at an actual bracket is actually the top left corner of it Mm -hmm. is absolute chaos. That was, that is the region where UMBC was an upset UVA. So automatically your number one is gone. But as we look to, um, the Elite Eight matchup in that region right now, you've got number nine Kansas State against number 11 Loyola Chicago. That's obviously exactly what we all thought it was going to be. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? That we Who didn't predict that matchup? And that's really the ongoing, the ongoing joke through this tournament, and it's really entertaining because really at this point more than any other you know you could always say oh you never know what's gonna happen or any team can beat any team but still really in the back of your mind you never thought a 16 was gonna beat a number one well (laughs) that's all out the window and so actually anything can happen you have teams like um Kentucky and number one Xavier getting upset and teams like Michigan State going down and UNC going down. And, and so really at this point, you're getting a whole bunch of these um, middle seated teams that are making unexpected surges. And it's really exciting. Yeah, I think this has been one of the most fun tournaments to watch in recent memories, just because this is the kind of stuff that you always hope happens. You know, that's what makes March Madness so exciting mm-hmm. is that anything can happen atmosphere. Um, and there have been other tournaments where we haven't seen this level of upset. There's always, and there's been some great buzzer beaters. Um, just the pure enthusiasm and excitement of the tournament has kind of surpassed some, has surpassed what I've seen in recent years. And it's really, you know, there were always, yeah, you always had that anything can happen mindset, but you know, generally speaking, with some some major upsets aside, you know, the higher seed was correctly seeded and did come out on top, even if, whether it was a one-point game or a 20-point game. Um, you know, that's we always saw crazy upsets, but it just seems like truly now more than ever anything is happening in this tournament. And and I don't know if that's, you know, maybe the the general talent pool isn't, quite where it usually is or you know the the strategy for how they seeded teams this year isn't quite accurate I'm not sure what it is but I don't think it really matters at this point because unless you're a diehard fan of a certain team and they are unfortunately no longer playing this is still really fun to watch yeah I totally agree um moving on to something that you and Andrew wrote about earlier yesterday actually I think on Thursday and I know Andrew's yeah. not here to defend himself but <laughs> you you guys had a great debate about uh, whether or not it was okay to show crying kids on TV because there have been so many upsets right this has been this um, this tournament has really messed with everybody's emotions left and right um and there's been a lot of really emotional fans what was what was your take on that so I, I mean, I can I can very much see both sides of this. Right. But Andrew and I, I kind of 
talked about how it seemed like more this year than any other year, there appeared to be crying kids um, shown on TV, whether it's by CBS or one of the other affiliate channels under Turner. Um, it, it just seemed like we were seeing more kids crying and to on wait. TV than in past years. And, and just to interrupt you for a second, I want to make it clear that we're talking about kids in the stands and not students that were crying because they lost. Yes. Uh, yeah. These are generally kids, I would give or take, I would say under the age of 14. Yeah. Um, so like actual kids, right. not college kids. Right. Not college students, but actual kids. Right. And and so I'm, I, I, there are both sides of it, and I think both sides are totally valid to this, that my argument was that kids are showing the most raw and pure emotion as authentic college basketball fans because from their perspective, when you are a child, you haven't grown up, you haven't had world experiences. And so watching a team that you've probably been raised to live or die by lose does seem like the end of the world. You will get to a point where you realize it is only a game. Everybody is still, you know, knock on wood, you're healthy, you're, you've got air in your lungs kind of thing. Like, it is only a game, and it's not the end of the world. But when you're, you know, an eight-year-old, and for the last eight years of your life, all you've ever been told is, you know, UNC basketball this, UNC basketball that, with some national championships sprinkled in there, it is devastating to see them get upset in the, in the second round. Right, but what was your take about whether or not it was okay to show them on TV? I generally think it is okay because they are they're part of the story, right? Okay. Their yeah. raw emotions are they're part of the fan base, they're part of the cheering section behind the team, and so therefore they should be part of the coverage when you're talking about the game. I I mean, I agree with that. I think that people make calls in terms of when you're kind of exploiting somebody's emotion. And if it's a basketball game, I'm generally okay with showing any kind of real emotion. Like you're going to show kids that are excited. You might as well show kids that are sad. Um, Right. And I think we, at the end, Andrew and I kind of, you know, came to a somewhat agreement in, in terms of conceding a little bit that it's fine to show it. Just don't make that the only thing you show because then it does seem to get a little, like exploitation of, of you know you're purposefully almost trying to turn kids into memes and right. internet sensations. Yeah, you're you're very much trying to take the the authenticity out of it. Um, so, what are some other favorite storylines? I know that Sister Jean is kind of the big one, right? I mean, I just especially if your team is out, especially if they. You know, even if they're still in and they're not going to come into contact with Loyola potentially until the very end, it's really hard to root against a delightful, charismatic 98-year-old nun who gives prayers and pep talks and scouting reports to a Cinderella team that has managed to upset three higher seeds and get to the Elite Eight at this point. I think that's just – it's a wonderful – it's just wonderful. And these are the kind of stories that we really love to see in the tournament, that we love the human side of it and, and the people who, um, the different kinds of people who so care about their team and, and love their players. And, you know, uh, the the team's 98-year-old chaplain is, she's just delightful. Yeah, she has really kind of blown up. Um, and I agree with you that 
we're in a space where we can we really need to latch onto something bright and positive um, that isn't partisan in any way. And Sister Jean mm-hmm. really fills that void, I think, um, especially and she's just purely about basketball, which is great. Plus Loyola, they all look like Gryffindors, so we we have to root <laughs> for them. Yeah, absolutely. And FTW's Maggie Hendricks caught up with some of Sister Jean's fellow sisters um, and and watched the basketball game yesterday against Nevada with them. And it was, I encourage you to check it out because it showed the the sort of behind the scenes of what, um, you know, we've all been seeing interviews of Sister Jean either before the game or after the game, and she is just charming. But uh, Maggie had a really great story about three um, fellow sisters of hers who who have who are just their friends, and they're watching the game because Sister Jean has become now an international sensation. Yeah, and especially kind of at this age in her life, to to suddenly have internet to be internet famous is is insane. Um, yeah, it's great, right? No, it's great. I love everything about her. I think she's delightful. And I really just want Loyola to win everything because I want her to be happy. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, moving on from that. Uh, is it is it worth it for us to make picks? I mean, we've all made picks in our brackets, but uh, are, are you sticking with it? Do you feel comfortable with where your bracket is right now? No. Oh, my God. <laughs> no. I mean, and that's, again, this is one of those more so, I feel like, than any other year. This is one of those truly no one is comfortable with the position their bracket's in. And it is, you know, it's not about even coming close to having the most accurate picks anymore right. if you're trying to win a pool. It's simply trying to have one more correct pick than everyone else because, you know, for a lot of people who, who didn't think that UVA had the kind of potential to come out of the South region, for a lot of people, the obvious choice was then Arizona, who literally lost on the first day of the tournament. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's, and that knocks out a lot of people for you. And then you take out UNC and you take out Michigan State and, and Xavier and Cincinnati. And all of a sudden you're looking at a bracket and you're like, I, I don't even know what this is. I- um, I, well, I have not looked at my bracket because I had Virginia winning the whole thing. And I tweeted about it, but I was very happy to, you know, have my black bracket implode if it meant UMBC winning. So I've got no shot. <laughs> oh, totally, totally. And and I think a good rule of thumb that what we've kind of learned here is uh, um, whoever Charles Barkley picks in his bracket, <laughs> the other team is probably going to win. Yes. Um, and, and so that's a really good indicator. And so if that's the case... Brace yourselves for some more Friday night crazy upsets because he generally picked the higher seed. <laughs> well, yeah, he's having probably a worse time at time of it than any than any of us. Um, all right, Michelle, thank you so much for hanging out and talking to us. Totally, I am happy to indulge in your superhero <laughs> nerdiness. Yes, and maybe next week we'll give you guys an update on who finally wins the bracket. To- uh, thank you guys for listening. Be sure to check out Michelle's work at, for the win. Um, I'm on there as well. And we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.